This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, February 23rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Newsom visits farm workers again. A 40% bump in PG&E rates. Vilsack faces a long to-do list. And Ag Climate Coalition expands. Newsom pledges 60% boost in vaccines to Central Valley. After campaign-style visits to Fresno and Madeira last week, Governor Newsom swung by the small Fresno County city of Arvin on Monday. Farming communities like Arvin are a point of pride in California, said Newsom. He announced 11 new mobile vaccination sites in the county and said that an additional 34,000 doses will be available to food and ag workers in the Central Valley. A new partnership with the state's largest health care providers made the extra doses possible, he said. Keep in mind, Newsom has also promised to set aside 10% of the state's vaccine supply for teachers as a part of negotiations over reopening schools. On that note, Newsom expects to sign today a $9.6 billion COVID-19 relief package the legislature passed on Monday. It includes more than $4 billion in grants, fee waivers, and tax breaks for small businesses. Electricity rates to increase further. The California Public Utilities Commission, the CPUC, has released a report projecting increases of nearly 4% for customers of Pacific Gas and Electric Company and Southern California Edson. Since 2013, rates for the utilities customers have increased by 37% and 6% respectively. The report cites the cost of wildfire mitigation efforts as the central reason for the increase. The commission cautions the electric services must remain affordable as the state transitions to an all-electric future. Our electricity rates are already too high and clearly non-competitive with other areas of the country, said Roger Isom, CEO of the Western Agricultural Processors Association. We have advised all of our members to get off the grid if at all possible. CPUC will discuss the rates in a public hearing on Thursday. California nearly doubles national wage rate for H-2A farm workers. The adverse effect wage rate that farmers are required to pay H-2A workers is rising by an average of 4.5% nationally to 14.62 per hour this year, with some western states seeing significantly higher increases. The Labor Department released the list of wages in a Federal Register notice scheduled for publication on Thursday. The announcement came later than normal this year after a federal judge nixed a Labor Department rule that would have changed the methodology for determining the rates and ordered USDA to continue to collect data for its farm labor survey on which the wages are based. The 4.5% hike comes on top of a 6% increase in 2020. The American Farm Bureau Federation said wages have increased 20% over the past five years. Using the wage information collected by the FLS, AFBF economist Veronica Nye and Congressional Relations Director Allison Crittenden said in an analysis that California, which is its own region, had the largest increase jumping a dollar twenty-eight an hour or eight point seven percent above two thousand nineteen. 
You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Vilsack faces long to-do list. The Senate is finally set to vote today on sending Tom Vilsack back to USDA for a new stint as Agriculture Secretary, more than a month after Joe Biden became president. Among the first issues he'll have to address when he returns to the office is what to do about the coronavirus food assistance program. USDA put CFAT payments on pause after Biden took office so the department's new leaders could review what the outgoing Trump administration had done. National Farmers Union President Rob LaRue says Vilsack also needs to shore up morale among USDA employees. He's going to want to generate a lot of excitement, buzz, that USDA can be a part of the solution here in a number of ways, LaRue said. Vilsack also will have to implement provisions of the new stimulus bill making its way through Congress, plus get the ball rolling on ag climate policy. The White House yesterday sent Jewel Bronow's nomination as Deputy Ag Secretary to the Senate. The Virginia Ag Commissioner has been widely praised. Ag Climate Coalition expands. The industry coalition formed last fall to shape agricultural climate policy. The Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance has expanded significantly with the addition of 14 organizations to FACA's steering committee. The new groups include the American Seed Trade Association, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, Biotechnology Innovation Organization, Crop Insurance and Reinsurance Bureau, and the Farm Credit Council, as well as groups representing several commodities, including beef, corn, cotton, milk, sugar, and rice. Now keep in mind, expanding the steering committee gives FACA more reach and lobbying muscle, but it could also make it easier to agree on policy down the road. Andrew Wamsley, who represents the American Farm Bureau Federation, a founding member of FACA, says there are several working groups focused on different policy aspects, including one on financial incentives and another on the concept of an ag carbon bank. The groups are charged with putting more details on FACA's policy recommendations. Organic industry reps will hit Congress, USDA, during virtual fly-in. About 20 organic producers will take part virtually in an annual fly-in today and tomorrow to push for the Organic Trade Association's priorities on Capitol Hill and at USDA, including advancement of organic standards in several areas where the industry has reached agreement. In the past 10 years, the industry has advanced 20 consensus recommendations for improvements to the organic standards, yet USDA has not completed rulemaking on a single one of them. OTA says in background material that mentions the lack of a standard for the origin of livestock, aquaculture, pet food, animal welfare, and others. OTA will be urging USDA to restore the organic and sustainable agriculture policy advisor role at the department. That's a position that was eliminated during the Trump administration. We'll also push USDA to hire more organic experts for its research programs. Among the participants, a young African-American organic peanut farmer in Georgia and a sixth-generation California cattleman and the founder of the largest grass-fed beef company in the U.S. Here's today's He Said It. 
This won't undo the damage caused by the shutdowns, but it will provide a definite boost in the arm for our job creators and nonprofits. That state Senate Republican leader Scott Wilk of Santa Clarita on passing the COVID-19 relief package. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, February 23rd. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.